Amy me a little bit in the morning because the countdown stops Amy starts singing and I thought me and Pastor Neil and Crystal okay then I guess we're having church <laughs> you guys are a little right you know that does work not that we worry but you know come early. maybe we should offer free donuts up till up till five to nine right Coffee only available up till 5 to 9. And, or maybe we should give out some. No, okay. Anyway. All right. This morning is um, like a part two to a message I started a couple weeks ago called No Ands, Ifs, or Buts. So turn with me in your Bible to Isaiah 53. The idea of the no ands, ifs, or buts is, have you ever heard your mama or your grandma say, go do something, and then they clarify, <clears throat> no ands, ifs, or buts. No excuses. Go get that done, right? Or like the TV commercial that you see promising miracle results for 1999, and then they flash this huge paragraph of disclaimers basically explaining how you will not receive the same results as everyone else if and but right well conditions there are conditions in the bible over and over almost with every and i think i'm saying almost with every i i could actually throw myself in front of the bus and say with every because I'm pretty sure it's with every promise in the Bible there's a condition where it's if you do this then God says I will do this now conditions are not like disclaimers though disclaimers explain how you will not receive the same results as everyone else if you have this but this happens and you know blah 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 conditions are explaining how you can receive the same results as everyone else and I love that because uh, I don't know about you uh, I like things I like gifts that's one of my love languages and if you tell me if you do this you will get that guess what I'm gonna do this because I want that and that's what conditions are all about in the Bibles but we want to put to rest these disclaimers, if you will, that we tend to disqualify ourselves from receiving God's promises or anything that God has for us, we tend to, and the enemy is fantastic at doing this, throwing up all these disclaimers, oh yeah, but you know, that's good for them, but not for you, and well, you know what you did, so don't expect to receive this, right? And that's what we're doing through this. I don't know. It might just be a series of no ands, ifs, or buts. And last week, I shared on, not last week, a couple weeks ago. A um, couple weeks ago, I started this by talking to you about the will of God. You must know the will of God. The will of God, no ands, ifs, or buts. God's will. You have to know that. Um, and actually, at the end of the message, I even shared with you a couple simple steps to receiving healing. And we explained that when we talk about healing or salvation, actually, it's a completeness. It's a, it's a, 
as the Bible, the Greek word for that is sozoed, which means healed completely. It's a, it's a healing of salvation, of physical, of emotional. It's a complete healing. Um, that's why Jesus, you heard, if you read the Gospels, he used the words interchangeably. Your sins are forgiven, or you are healed. Take up your mat and walk. And actually, one time, you know, the Pharisees and, you know, Sadducees and all those others, you sees, um, even ask them, who do you think you are? You know, telling them their sins are forgiven. He goes, come on, what's easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or you are healed. Because it's a saved completely. It's a sozo, a saved completely. The same faith that it takes to receive your salvation, Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, is the same faith to receive your complete healing. Same faith to be set free from emotional bondage, emotional uh, chains, and you know all this other stuff. Same faith, same word, same salvation, a healing, a saved completely. So this week I want to jump into like a part two, and we're going to talk about the atonement. No ands, ifs, or buts. And we're going to look at three things. What it is, what is the atonement, what is covered under the atonement, and what do we receive from the atonement. And in John, 1 John 2, 2, says he, Jesus, is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. The whole world. So let's look at Isaiah chapter 53. And we're going to read verses 1 through 6. It says, Who has believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by man, men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. Like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he took up our infirmities, which means sicknesses and diseases, and carried our sorrows, which is translated pain. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, our sin. He was crushed for our iniquities, which is our wickedness. The punishment that brought us peace was laid upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid upon him the iniquities, the wickedness, the sin of us all. And look over in Matthew chapter 8. Verses 16 and 17. It says, When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, Jesus, and he drove out the spirits with 
a word and healed all the sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah 53. He took up our infirmities and he carried our diseases. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We know your word is living, active. We know that Jesus is your word. Your word that came to heal, to save completely. We thank you. Open our hearts, open our ears to receive all you have for us today in Jesus' name. Amen. In Romans chapter 5, it explains that since sin, sickness, death, entered into the world through Adam, placing the world under its curse, the only way to cancel it, sin, and all of its effects, which is sickness, disease, pain, death, was the cross of Christ. His sacrifice canceled once and for all, all sin and all of its effects in a judicial way, rendering it powerless to them who believe. Bing, 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 bing. There's a condition. To them who believe. Actually, a great word study, if you ever want to go through your Bible and just highlight and make note of wherever that's a condition. To them that believe, your eyes will be amazed at all the things that God lays out for us. And the only condition is just believe. Just believe. The atonement is where Jesus bore all our sin and all of its effects, carried all our sin and all of its effects, was pierced for all our sin and all of its effects, crushed for God laid upon him all our sin, all of its effects. And then it was at the cross that Jesus cried out and said, It is finished. What was finished? In a judicial way, judge throwing down his hammer. It is finished. It's done. It's been atoned. Curse. The curse has been cursed. Completed. Done away with. Atoned for. And the only condition to those who believe. What is covered under the atonement kind of gave it away a little bit. But through the sin of one man, that first Adam, the world was placed under this curse. And it came in through that sin. Through the last Adam, which is Jesus, he's referred to a lot as the last Adam, the curse was removed. Again, the curse was cursed. In the Old Testament, it was actually said that, um, or was that in the New Testament? But it says, cursed is the one who hangs on a tree. Romans? Galatians, New Testament. But was that a referral to the Old Testament? Yes, it was. Okay. Cursed is the one who hangs on the tree. So it was in, in Moses 
Remember when in the Israelite camp, these snakes were released and they started biting them, right? Jesus, or God's instruction to Moses, to Aaron, was to what? Hang a snake on a stick to curse that that hung on the stick. And that was a shadow of what was to come. Jesus, all who look upon Jesus on the cross, will be healed, saved completely. Because cursed is the one, and he bore all of our sin onto the cross. He took all of sin and nailed it to the cross. He cursed the curse. Done away with completely. And all of its effects. So how could Jesus remove us from the curse and not atone for the whole curse? I mean, do you read anywhere where he walked up back up to the cross and said, well, maybe not this one, you know, and, and maybe not this one. You know, we're going to atone for everything except for this one. They kind of need that one to keep them humble. No, atone for it all. So we are either redeemed from all of it or we are not redeemed at all. Remember I told you a couple weeks ago, you got to stop creating these huge gray areas. Satan loves these gray areas. Well, did God really say that? It's either life or death. It falls under one or the other. Are you redeemed from it or are you not redeemed from it? Did he atone for for it all or did he not atone for it all there's no well maybe because that's where sin lies i mean even the bible says let your yes be yes and your no be no there must be black and white there must be right and wrong there must be life and death anything else is sin because that's where the enemy, that's his playground. Confusion and, and oh, well, maybe, and those maybes and well, buts, all those ands, ifs, and buts. is Satan's playground. Your faith must be anchored in God's will. So if you missed two weeks ago that message, go listen to it. Because that puts some clarity, and I'll give you a little bite of it. That gives you some clarity to you have to know, is it God's will to heal all? Is it God's will for you to be completely healed? Is it God's will for all to be saved? It, your faith must be anchored in God's will, not in your desire or your want, not even in God's desire or God's want. It must be anchored in his will. The truth that it is God's will to heal all and it's already done. That's what the sacrifice was. That was the atonement that was made. It was already done. Isaiah 53. You are healed. Sozo. Healed completely. Saved completely. If it is not God's will to heal and save all, then how can we stand in faith for anyone if we don't know if they're the special one or not to be healed or to be saved? How can you stand in faith at all? How can Jesus make claims, go and heal all? How can he say that? How can he say that if it's not God's will to heal all? Not knowing who 
is getting the special healing or not. One of God's redemptive names is Jehovah Rapha, which means I am the Lord that heals you. If it's not God's will to heal all, how can he still be called, I am the God who heals? And how can he claim he is, a yesterday, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever? If it's not God's will to heal. If it is God's will to leave or put sickness in the believer for some righteous reason, then the believer would be in disobedience to go and seek medical help. If sickness can be considered some kind of love token that the Father has given you to keep you from some greater sickness still, then wouldn't you and I want to seek sickness? Wouldn't we want to say, well, put that cancer on me, Lord, if it's going to keep me from some greater evil? The one that's suffering with sickness He's not going to cry out for healing. He's going to cry out more, Lord, more, right? If it's some love token from God, sickness and disease, a love token to keep us humble or to keep us from a greater evil. As a matter of fact, I love it. F.F. Bosworth said, if that was true, then every medical uh, nurse, doctor, practitioner would be evil bearers that they were standing in opposition to God's will and that every hospital would not be places of mercy but they would be greater uh, houses of ill repute than any other and that we need to have their doors closed if it was God's will for us to carry any sickness or disease in our body it's not If it is not God's will to heal and save all, then Jesus was working against the Father's will by doing just that. He healed all. He saved all. Jesus also would have given us a great commission that stood that would stand in opposition to God's will if it was not God's will to heal all and save all. Because that's our commission, to go and do just that. So why would he commission us to do something that's not God's will? If he claimed to be one with God. Three of the biggest ands, ifs, and buts we tend to believe more than the truth of the atonement is our feelings, our sight, and our mind or our thinking. Three things. Those are our three biggest ands, ifs, or buts that we tend to believe over the truth of God's word, the atonement. So I'm going to hit those real fast. Uh, a couple weeks ago on Wednesday night, I did a little encouragement called Faith Over Feelings. Uh, we don't record Wednesday nights. I don't know if maybe we should from now on. It seems like the last few, like Pastor Denny mentioned a couple weeks ago, have been a continuation or like extra frosting on the cake of what you're hearing on Sunday mornings and more of an um, in-depth into because it's more practical. This is actually 
you know, and so let's start and we actually start practicing on Wednesdays what we're hearing on Sundays and God is topping off on Wednesdays. But I did this faith over feelings and so we got into that a little bit deeper. But you cannot hold God's promises servant to your feelings. You can't trust your feelings over God's truth. Now you can check your feelings to see you know, that's why we ask you, so what are you feeling? When we're starting to pray for somebody for healing, so what are you feeling? Because we want to hear what's going on, what's going on in your body. Sometimes you'll feel uh, heat. I've had people say, uh, I'm not feeling anything, but I feel like I'm on fire. Well, then that's feeling something, <laughs> you know. I've had people say, I don't feel anything. Well, then we're going to keep praying. But we're not going to allow our feelings to trump the truth of God's word. Feelings are there. God gave us feelings. They're good. But they're not good if there's, they're what drives us. Uh, I heard a pastor say one time, feelings are a good servant, but they are a terrible master. Don't let them tell you what you do. Like I was just saying with the headache. I was feeling extreme pain. But I was not going to let my feelings tell me what I can and cannot do. Feelings don't trump truth. You cannot let your feelings tell you if you're healed or not. I've heard people say that. Well, I must not be healed because I don't feel it. Well, that's a lie. Let's address that. Because I just read in Isaiah 53 that you're already healed. That Jesus went about, like he's, we read again, the, the completion of the fulfillment of Isaiah 53. Jesus went around and healed all. He healed all. So don't tell me just because you don't feel healed that you're not healed. You are healed. You just have to get your feelings to line up with the fact, the truth of God. Abraham received his promise not because he felt it, but because he believed it. Again, we can check our feelings for confirmation, but we do not let our feelings tell us if we are healed or not. Jesus, again, Jesus interchangeably used the sins. You are forgiven. You are healed. He explained what's easier to say. But then he made him take a step. And it's usually in that step of faith that our feelings then get into place. Um, when he uh, told the lame man, hey, get up, pick up your mat and go. Your sins are forgiven. When he told the man with the shriveled up hand, stretch out your hand. I mean, did you hear either one of them saying, but I don't feel it. No, they just went, well, hello. Their feelings lined up with the truth that was spoken. You are already healed, so stretch out your hand. Oh, pick up your mat and walk. Oh, right? Faith not feelings. Sight. Faith is not seen. 
Seeing is not faith, but faith is seeing. Let me, sorry, I said it backwards. Seeing something is not faith, but faith can help you see what you cannot see before. Faith sees. But if you're looking to see before you have faith, you'll never see it. When praying in faith, believe you already have what you're asking for, we're encouraged in the word. Faith is not needed when you're praying when what you're praying for is already seen. Where, where do you need faith then? If you already have what you're asking for, there's no faith in that. It's like the child holding the Christmas present in their hand. I hope I get a Christmas. I hope I get a Christmas. It's already in your hand. What are you hoping for? It's already there. But faith is seen. And he said to hold on to it. That's why he told them, even in the Old Testament, when he said, all who look upon the, the serpent that's nailed to the stick, right, will be healed. They had to look upon it to receive their healing. We look upon the cross of Christ not to see him hanging there, but to see the curse hanging there. The curse of sin and all of its effects is there. It's nailed. It can't go anywhere. He's gone. He's been resurrected. He sits at the right hand of God, but what still is at the cross? The curse. It's still nailed there. Faith is sin. I love it. Again, I, I'm referring to F.F. Bosworth just because I, I just finished reading his book for the third time, or one of his books. Um, told a testimony of a lady that came to one of his revival services, and she had this huge, I think they were called goiters, right? Growth. On her neck, huge! And Actually, she came up and to receive prayer, and he asked her, which I think is funny, kind of like Jesus did ask the blind man, so what do you, what do you want from me? It's kind of like, uh, hello, you know. And she says, well, do you see this growth, she called it, this growth on my neck? And he said, well, lady, I really can't see anything but that. <laughs> but he still asked her, what do you want? And she said, well, I want healing for it. And he said before he even placed hands on her, she took off running out the back of the church screaming, I'm healed, I'm healed. And they're all like, okay, I guess she's healed. Every night, wherever he was at, she kept showing up to testify she's healed. For over a year, she did this. A year, every night, because, you know, back then they had services every night. Everywhere, every night. Every night, he gave her the microphone and let her testify, she's healed. Growth is still there. She went home after a year, that, that last, after a year. And she was giving testimony to her family. You know, again, there was a great service, testimonies, people healed everywhere, and people were so encouraged over my testimony of God healing me a year ago. And her mom just went ballistic on her and said, you have got to stop saying that. The whole town thinks you're crazy. 
They think you're sick in the mind. They want us to have you put away. Our whole reputation is ruined because you need to go look in the mirror. You're not healed. And she went into her bedroom and she reported back to F.F. F. Bosworth in a letter. He always wanted documented testimonies. And reported back that she went into her room and she just cried out to God and says, I refuse to look in the mirror because I know I was healed a year ago. Now when I wake up, Lord, let them see what I already know is true, that I was healed a year ago. And when she woke up, completely gone. Completely gone. But see, she never allowed her mouth to say anything but the truth. I am healed when the minute I believed I was healed. But here it is. Here's the warning that we get over and over again. It talks about the double-minded man. That the mind, the mind that is uh, focused on the world's way and the world's way of thinking is in conflict against the heavenly mind, the mind of Christ that we've been given, that, that mind that can see God is faithful, he said it, I believe it, that settles it. The mind controlled by the, uh, the world's way of thinking, well, I don't feel it, well, I don't think it, I don't see it, nullifies Actually, I got this picture because this word keeps going over and over in my mind that the double-minded man nullifies the word of God. And I had this picture of this table. And I was going to do this, but then I thought, as a mom, I don't want to clean that mess up afterwards. So I, I, picture with me, no illustration here, uh, a table and the, these, this fruit on this table. And the faith of God's word is growing in you like a precious fruit. Right? It will produce. God says, my word will produce what I purposed for it to do. I gave you a word, spoke a word to you, and it will accomplish. God says he even watches over it. The only thing that can nullify it, cancel it, demolish it, is our double-mindedness. Well, I don't know. Well, maybe, and, ifs, or but. And this huge sledgehammer comes out and demolishes that fruit, nullifies it, cancels it. Renders it useless. You and your thinking, your double-minded thinking, cancels the very word of God. That is sharper than any double-edged sword. And it's all right here. Because we get into these ands, ifs, or buts. Well, maybe, and well, I don't know. And it's doomed. It's done. It's yours. What's yours? Everything you are thinking. You know, every sin, every sickness, every day, you know, everything. Well, I don't know. Well, there it is then. You got it. What oh, was that, a Toyota commercial? You asked for it, you got it, Toyota? I'm not going to click my heels together. Um, all sin and all of its effects, pain, sickness, disease, even death, was covered under the atonement. Jesus was the lamb slain before the creation of the world. So what do we receive from the atonement? I like how Smith Wigglesworth 
gave this description, and I looked it up, and a few other um, Bible dictionaries did the same thing. The word atonement is broken down at one meant. At one meant. Which means that we have become one with Jesus in his death. Nailed every sin, nailed all of its effects, sickness, disease, death, pain, all of it. At one with him, dead to sin completely in all of its sins. And at one with Jesus in new life, resurrection, power. At one meant. I love that. The atonement has made us at one with God. And that was Jesus' prayer in the garden when he prayed for all believers, right? Paraphrased, he was praying to God that, God, I know that I am one with you. You are one with me. I and you, you and me. I pray now that they would be one in us, that they would be brought to complete unity. I and them, they and me, me and you. You know, I could make a song out of that little kid song. One, two, three. No, okay. At one meant. Completely at one. With Jesus on the cross, dead to sin, and alive with Christ. Ephesians says, seated with him in heavenly realm. In the heavenly places. At one meant. Jesus, the atonement for all sin, all of his effects, nothing left undone. It is finished. By his wounds, we are, have been healed completely, set free. Would you stand? I know for some I just opened a can of worms and your mind is going a million miles an hour. Well, what if, what but, and if, but, right? I threw things out there purposely to bring those questions. Why? Because I want you to lay all your questions down right here at the altar. You have to come to the place where you don't need to know everything to receive everything. Why? Because that's the carnal man. That's the mind that has to know before I believe. And that's no belief at all. That's no faith in that. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing what? The divine spoken word of God. And it says that that word then, when received by faith, has the power in it to accomplish all God purposed for it. So all we have to do is receive it for all who believe. And I'm not talking about some mindless zombies. That's stupidity. Ignorance to its extreme. Because I love the fact, I mean, you want to know about divine wisdom, read Proverbs. Actually, you're doing yourself an injustice by not reading a proverb of the day. Because what person does not want to walk in divine wisdom? A fool. <laughs> right? Of course we want to walk in divine wisdom. And he, he, I love it. Proverbs, over and over again. I am actually started writing another book that talks about wisdom is calling. 
Proverbs talks about her calling out in the square, in the marketplace, in the middle of the city. All who want wisdom come to me. In my hands, wisdom calls, is long life, prosperity and wealth, everything you want in life, she holds in her hands. But you have to come to her. Who? Wisdom. So I'm not talking, when I'm talking about for those who believe and lay down your questions, it's not in an ignorant way. I'm talking about in a, uh, a humble, servant-hearted way. God, I don't understand. I don't need to understand. Why? Because I trust you. You said it. I believe it. That settles it. Because where so many people get caught into this loop of grayness between death and life is when they start trying to make rules out of exceptions. I prayed for a hundred people with cancer. Every one of them healed, healed, healed. Then there that was that one that didn't get healed. So now what do I do? Throw the baby out with the bath water? Well, that's it. God doesn't want to heal cancer. Let's make that a rule. No. It was an exception to the rule. I don't make a rule out of the exception. I told you the story a hundred times about the blacksmith who he said that, you know, he does the same thing. He takes the steel, sticks it in the fire, takes it out, beats it, you know, mercilessly and, and then plunges it in the water. And it's a process. He does the same thing over it with the same steel. Oh, and he says, but once in a while, you'll get a piece of steel that won't stand up under that process. What does he do? Throw in the towel. I'm all done. Blacksmithing doesn't work. No, he says, I just throw that one on the scrap heap and keep going up. You know, you don't set up camp right there and say, okay, I'm never praying for anybody again if I didn't see 100% healing. Some of the greatest healing evangelists suffered with pain in their body and or sickness. But how they kept laying hands on people and seeing miracle results and healing is not because they sat down and said, well, if you can't heal me, God, obviously you're not a healing God. No, they didn't let that exception become the rule. They knew God said he will heal. And even if I don't experience 100% of the time, I won't demand an explanation and I won't demand that I will not do anymore just because I don't see it because I believe God over my sight I believe God over my feelings I believe God over even what I think so don't make rules out of those exceptions just keep going just keep going I mean I was all day long I was preaching to myself laying hands on myself little Aubrey my granddaughter two years old granddaughter we were taking her she stayed with us a couple days she is in her car seat I always adjust my rear view mirror so I can see her I know guys don't freak out because I want to see her well she fell down yesterday wasn't it bumped her head or the day before anyway she slipped on our floor smacked her head big time I mean like she like freaked out well she'll keep talking about that over and over again was taking her back to her mom and dad yesterday and I was she was telling me her day and she told me about you know yes and slipped and big and 
hurt. And I'm like, yes, Aubrey. And what did you do? She put her hand right on her forehead. In the name of Jesus. She said, healed now. All gone. I said, amen. That's what I kept doing all day yesterday. In the name of Jesus. And Brian over dinner. You know, in the name of Jesus. It's gone. It's gone. But I was not going to allow my feelings to trump. The fact, God's word is true. I am healed, saved completely. And I really believe this is going to be a body of believers who's going to turn this 85% unchurched in Benzie County upside down. And we're, that's how we're going to close today is not only we're, we want you to come in. We want you to lay down your questions. I want you to surrender to God. I want you to, God, you said it. I believe it. That settles it. Surrender. And if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or you want to you want to um, rededicate your heart, rededicate your life, then we're here. We want to pray with you. And you just need to ask any one of us that will be at the altars or tap us on the shoulder. If you've got healing, you got a pain, you got a disease, or know somebody that does, we want to pray for them. We believe. I mean, trust me. We believe. But I also want us to press into that 85%. That unchurched that's still out there. God shook me to my core last week. I stayed after when everybody was leaving like they are right now. When everybody was leaving after the altar and I was still pressing in, God simply put, God said, um, I've heard you ask I always ask for give us a tithe of that 85% Lord give us a portion of that 80 we're looking to build that new sanctuary we're going from 100 seats to 250 seats and Lord fill it up give us a tithe of that 85% and I heard my voice going over and over again he said I've heard you pray that he said but I want them all why don't you ask me for all of them and I mean I just you know started bawling like a baby why why would I not ask for all of them? God, you love them all. You want them all. So let's cry out for and press in for all, all to be healed. Jesus didn't go around picking and choosing who he was going to heal. He healed them all. Sozo saved completely. So let's do the same. Let me close in prayer. And then I'm going to call you up to the front. Father, we just want to thank you that your word is so good to us. God, you laid it all out for us. Like a title deed, we already have all that you've purposed for us to have. We need to just start acting upon it. Lord, it's already been given to us. You've already cursed the curse. It's already completed. You cried out, Jesus, it is finished. For all who believe, and right now we lay down every question, we lay down every doubt, we lay down all those ands, ifs, or buts right now. In Jesus' name, we just receive. Come on, just start receiving it. We receive complete healing. We receive complete deliverance. We receive the fullness of everything you atoned for us. 
at the cross. We receive it now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.